Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Finding Your Joy show. Paula Vale here. I am really excited to share a fascinating young man. We have with us today Charles Wiley. Charles has been writing music and playing drums for over 25 years. He currently lives in Southern California and plays with various bands and artists, including award-winning singer-songwriter Chris Angelus and rock bands Dark Horse Rising and Riot. In addition to playing drums, he also writes music for television. His music has been played on Oprah, Dateline, NBC, Late Night, and Seth Meyers, The Dr. Oz Show, The Young and the Restless, and more. Charles, you are so fun. I love it. You're so <laughs> fun. You. I want to say welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Oh, I am just thrilled and honored. Please share with everyone, uh, you know, expand on that background and what made you choose the path you're in and where you're at now? How how do you find your passion to where you're where you're at, Charles? Well, it has to go back to being a child. Um, as a kid, my dad played guitar, uh, still plays guitar, and it's funny he's retired now, but he teaches more guitar lessons to kids now than he ever did uh, while we were kids, which is it's great. Um, but music was always around the house, and I never music was always there. So when I would go to friends' houses and things like that, I'd be like, they don't have music going on all the time. And my dad had a little recording studio in the house with a drum set, guitar, all that stuff. And it was just normal for me and my older brother to just play, just to jam. And my older brother started playing guitar. And since him and my dad both played guitar, I was like, well, I don't want to play guitar. That No, I can't be like them. So I just went to the drum set in the corner and just started playing. And from there, that's kind of where my passion for music took off. And now we, you know, fast forward 25 years. And uh, for the last five or six years, I've been a full-time uh, touring musician, working musician in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I get the great joy of touring around the world, you know, playing with different artists, different bands. and helping their creations kind of come to life. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, well, tell us what inspired you to write the, your great corn project. <laughs> well, the corn man. I love cor it. I mean, it is the funnest book. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, really what started it about six years ago, uh, my wife and I wanted to, just learn more about what's in our food, get a little healthier. So it started with the uh, documentary Forks Over Knives and, you know, eating a plant-based diet and all of that. From there, I don't know why, but I picked up this book called Foodopoly, uh, written by uh, Winona Potter, I think is her name. She was the founder of Food and Water Watch. They do a lot of activism stuff, purifying, cleaning up water. Um, but anyway, I bought the book, didn't read it, but I got a gig on a cruise ship for three months and I was in the party band. So I took the book with me and for some reason, I would start taking this book with me to lunch. And the book was about uh, the consolidation of the food market and factory farming and kind of ran the gamut. But I'd be reading this book 
And I would get sick to my stomach reading about how pigs were treated or cows were treated or chickens were treated or how there was corn and everything. And honestly, I would just stop eating. I lost like 15 pounds on that gig because, I, you know, the bandmates were like, are you okay? And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, but oddly enough, uh, corn was a thing that stuck out to me. That corn was in virtually everything we eat and I couldn't put my finger on why and nothing wrong with corn the vegetable corn on the cob corn you know that stuff's fine but as a cheap filler in all of these foods and what it does to livestock and you know how cows can't digest it and it makes them sick and how that's leading to health problems for us so long story short i decided i want to do something about this i i felt like i was blindsided by this how did i not know this how are more people not talking about it? Um, so I decided I want to create a project that'll get people involved, families and kids involved uh, with the food they eat. And uh, I created the Cornan Project. I wrote the music first, and then my wife and I wrote a children's book to accompany that. Uh, it's three chapters long. Chapter one is out uh, on paperback already. That's what you have. Um, chapter two is out in the ebook form, but the paperback version of that will be coming out uh, later this year. And then we're going to wrap up the project next year uh, with chapter three, a paperback, uh, more music, the whole nine yards. I love it. I love it. Because that is, you know, it's true. It's not talked about. And, you know, that is in our food. No, it isn't. Or it is everywhere. It, it's, it's so true. You're so right. You're so right and there have been great books i mean michael pollan's book the omnivore's dilemma did a really, really good job uh talking about it uh these two guys wanted to grow corn and see where it went and you know so there is the information out there but just just like you said it, it's it just gets swept under the rug you know why who cares that it's in everything we eat you know and it's like well there's a lot of reasons to care. You know, I mean, 10% of corn grown in the U.S. in 2018 was purely for um, uh, um, uh, ethanol use alone. So you grow this crop just to burn it. You know, 30% was for livestock feed, you know, and it goes in all of this stuff. And the way your body breaks down corn is different than, say, a regular sugar. So that uh, more and more research is showing that's leading to the rise in diabetes, type 2 diabetes, especially in kids, obesity. So it's kind of a health crisis. And, you know, a lot of people are looking in different directions. And I understand everyone's busy. Everyone has their things going on. But it's right there in front of us. I mean, all it, all you need to do is go to the grocery store, start checking those food labels. And that's one of the goals with the project is I want to get people to start checking those food labels. And just, you know, I mean, I, I created a word search that is all different names for corn and there's over there's over 56 different names for active corn ingredients in food today so you know that's even the crazier thing you're looking you're like well it doesn't say high fructose corn syrup or it doesn't say corn this but you know citric acid is you know corn a corn derivative you know it's like so all of this stuff is it, it's just fascinating and perplexing at the same time so Charles, do they give the corn all these different names to kind of fool us and disguise it? You know, <laughs> why would there be so many names? <laughs> well, um, I don't want to be the one to 
say, well, I, I, I would say partly that's true. You know, I mean, there was a big kick, a big push a couple of years ago by the corn industry to to get it renamed, to uh, not call it high fructose corn syrup anymore because, you know, they had a bad connotation with it. And, you know, uh, sometimes too, these sweeteners, uh, corn in particular is kind of a catch-all scapegoat for this stuff, but it's an important scapegoat because it really hits home the point of how we are getting more and more disconnected to what we eat. And that is one of the things that I want to help bring back with the project is, you know, I want everyone to reconnect to the food we eat. I mean, it blows me away that my grandparents, you know, had some fruit trees and some vegetables grown in their backyard, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. And now that's virtually non-existent in a lot of places. They look at you like you're nuts if you grow your own food. Like, what, you can't afford to go to the grocery store? It's like, wait, how did how did growing food and farming get this bad condensation it's like it's it's what keeps us alive shouldn't we be vested in, in what we're putting in our bodies yes yes so this project really is is out there to really help everyone to open up their awareness and maybe give them some some thoughts and some facts of what what we really aren't looking at right right and for myself i can only speak to my own experiences but um i don't <laughs> i don't like being i don't i don't like the feeling that that i'm trying to be belittled or talked down to so i wanted to put cornman in a way that i i think putting my head on a stock of corn drops people's defenses so they instantly the you know the 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 the, the fear goes down, the, the attacking goes down. Because whenever you talk to people about, you know, things that they might not be doing, you know, they can get a little defensive. And I, I, that's how I feel. So I was like, how can I do this in a way that is funny, but the message is serious. The music is, you know, uh, uh, serious in its own way. But how can I do that? So that's why uh, I came up with, you know, I had a buddy of mine draw me on a stock of corn. And since we are videoing, here's the book there yeah and the shirt here which oh that is so cute oh so, so <laughs> no go ahead yeah my granddaughter loved the book so oh that's great oh, grammy doesn't have it <laughs> <laughs> i would that's hope you'd show it today <laughs> that's great well and the thing is it gets people talking it you know they see that and they're like what is this? What is this project? Why is this guy doing that? And to me, I want everyone to go on their own journey because my journey is going to be different than your journey or anyone else's. And to me, there is no one size fits all answer, you know, but I want the awareness to start. So if it could start with checking your, the food labels, maybe buying, uh, uh, making healthier choices at the grocery store. And then I would love to take that to growing your own food. I really want to start partnering with uh, cities for community gardens and making that a bigger part of the community getting it. I mean, I live in an apartment So, you know, I'm growing some kale and lettuce on the back stoop there But you know people are like well, how much that's gonna get you one meal, right? It's like Probably but if I don't start small yeah. How can I expect this thing to get big and and just imagine if everyone grew a little bit of their own food? I mean, we're just going through a pandemic where people freak out 
you know, rushing to the grocery store for supplies. Imagine if we didn't have to rush to the grocery store for so many supplies. You could say, hey, you know, I have apples. My neighbor has oranges. Here's here's a basket of this. Here's a basket of that, you know, and I think it'll get the communities more involved, the neighbors more involved and overall build a stronger tie to our food and a, a, a bigger bond as a community. Yes. And and really, it's a lot of fun. It's a right. lot of fun to right. grow some of our own food. It really is. You're absolutely right. And one thing for me, I, it's kind of hard, too, because it's like I've killed so many things I've grown or bugs <laughs> get them or, you know, and, and I think to myself, it's like, that's an important message because farming, growing is hard. It's like we we don't know the lives these farmers have a lot of the time and the amount of hours they put in, right. you know, taking care of this stuff. And, you know, here I am growing a little bit of stuff and 50% of it dies after two months, you know, or get, you know, I'm just like, yeah. oh my. So if that's your living. That's your job. That's a big responsibility, you know? So. Yes. And, and they're dealing with things they can't control such as weather. Right. Right. That. I mean, I have so much respect for farmers. I really oh, me too. Do. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is the, the crux of the project. It's the children's book, um, the music and the shirts and, and, and the like of that. And what I've been doing is um, trying to get the word out. People like yourself have been so gracious and kind to have me on your show to talk about the, the project. But I, I go to schools and I'll read. Um, the book there and take some oh, questions, cool. uh, play some of the tunes uh, off the record as well. Um, and that's the goal. I just want to start spreading the word, getting it out there. I just released the audiobook for it. It's on YouTube. It's free. Um, but I read the book and I have a soundtrack that goes behind that as well. And you can find all of that stuff at uh, charleswiley.net slash cornman. And uh, yeah, so that's where we are with it. Well, I... I just, I'm excited about the music. And everyone, we are going to attach some of the music to the end of the show. So yes. <laughs> what, oh my, what's that like? I have to ask you, with, to create music the way you do, that has to be so fun, Charles. And what was it like to create music for the Corn Man Project? <laughs> wow. Well, it, it, it is fun. And... Um, it's, it's interesting because, uh, my primary instrument is drums, but I also play piano and that's where I write all the music from, but I've always been attracted and drawn to sound, the sound of certain instruments, the sound of certain music, it pulls me in. And when I get excited by that, that sparks the creative process that sparks the, you know, where can I go with this? And it instantly conveys a mood, a feeling an emotion. And to me, the job of an artist is to spark conversation and to hopefully inspire. And in order for that to happen, you know, obviously the artist needs that spark and creativity. So it always goes back to sound for me. You know, I always come across a sound that I'm like, oh, I really like this, this piano sound or this organ sound or this synthesizer sound. Like, you know, where can I go with that? You know, and but when I work on music for television, that's a whole different ball game because they they tell you what you want. They tell you what they want. This is our, this is your guideline. So you need to write within this box. And that's a totally different challenge. Sometimes a lot easier because you know, when someone tells you, you know, what do you want to eat? We can go, 
anywhere you want, you're like, oh gosh, that's a big, I don't know. But you know, your two choices are A or B. You're like, ah, I do A, that's fine. You know, it's like, so sometimes it, less choice really focuses the mind. So it's good to exercise both, both muscles. Yeah. Oh, how fun. And <laughs> the way you put this together, I mean, your Corn Man project is really something, you know, out there to help people and help all of us to just, okay, wait a minute, let me think about this. Right. How, how much corn is in my foods? Okay, what do I want to put in my body? I mean, you really are sharing a powerful message, but you're doing it real in a really fun way. <laughs> Thank you. Very Thank unique. You. Thank you. And and that was the goal with the project. And um, I couldn't have done it without the help of uh, Andy Westoff, the artist who who drew all the illustrations for the book and the shirt. Uh, and my wife, who co-wrote the book with me, um, you know, those two were very integral in making it happen. And all the people that have supported it. I mean, it's it's been a couple year project now. And, you know, it keeps building and building and building. And you know, I, I would love for this thing just to catch on and, and for it to be, you know, taught in schools or, you know, do presentations on it. And I think it's a good way. I hope it's a good way and a fun way for the whole family to get involved, you know, because to me at the end of the day, it's not mom's responsibility to grow the food. It's not dad's responsibility. It's not the kids. It's everybody. Everyone needs to take a more active role in where our food comes from yes. and what we're putting in our bodies. And it's, you know, remove the, do I want to do this? Do I not? You don't have a choice, right? It's, it's just what you do. You know, like you get up, you brush your teeth in the morning. I, I don't think most people get up in the morning and say, I'm excited to brush my teeth. They just get up and they do it, right? It's just, you know, so, you know, you can make it fun. You can make it enjoyable and get the whole family involved. And I think in the long run, um, that that is the goal of the project, to, to just get everyone involved more. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of creating the family project. I remember when my kids were young, we had a a little garden out in the backyard. And oh my gosh, the memories and the fun <laughs> we had with that. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I remember running around my grandparents' backyard and picking grapes off the grapevine or, you know, pulling a peach from the peach tree. And as a kid, I remember I didn't like peaches as a kid and every time I, you know, but thinking about it now, it's like, those are the, probably the best peaches I could have eaten, you know, growing <laughs> right in your backyard, you know, it's like, so yeah, I, I think, and it, it won't take a lot, you know, it, it'll take, if everyone did a little bit, it would make such a huge difference. And that, that is the goal. And I get, I get asked a lot, well, what about the farmers? You know, if everyone else starts growing their own food, aren't they going to lose their jobs and, you know, that stuff. And it's like, I hope we can transition because, you know, in, in the United States, we are lucky because we can eat foods year round that most of the other world can't. And a lot of our food is grown on the backs of poor countries. And that's not, sustainable you know it's like i mean i could go to the grocery store right now and find tomatoes grown in south america or you know shipped over from europe and and, and the such and it's like the journey that piece of fruit or that vegetable took to get onto my plate is insane you know and it's like you know what's that doing 
to those other countries that, you know, they have this bountiful crop and now, you know, 80% of it gets shipped to the United States or another country. Can they feed themselves? You know, and I, I just read a statistic where they said uh, 80% of the famines in the world over the last 20 or so years weren't due to lack of food. They're due to lack of money to pay for the food. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have all this food. I mean, how much food does the U.S. throw away every year, every day? You know, it's like, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's because we don't have a a total vested interest in where that food comes from. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I'd be more reluctant to throw away that mushy apple if I grew it in my backyard than if like, oh, it's just a bag of apples you know what you know so i with my oldest son and his family a couple years ago we went on a mission trip to africa and it 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 was so amazing and wonderful but it's like you know life changing because Mm -hmm. you know so many there don't know where their next meal's coming from. They don't right. have the supplies. You know, right. it really right. makes you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not going to waste my food. I'm not going to, I'm going to go to the farmer markets more often. Right, right, you know? right, right. Now, yeah. how much, how, how many, because I'm curious, the, the, the messages you got back from then, that's something you instantly incorporated into your everyday life when you came back. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's yes. amazing. Yes. Right. I, I um, support students in different schools there. Mm. And so I went to meet some of the students. And oh, how cool. And so we weren't <laughs> staying in nice hotels. or right. We were literally right. with the organization helping these. And do you know something I'll never, ever forget? I'm going to cry if I talk oh. about it. But it really was an eye-opener for me. We would go to schools and we'd take food and supplies my granddaughter, her class did a three months fundraiser and raised seven thousand dollars and we literally took seven suitcases, we bought stuff there, took stuff Oh my oh, gosh. We at this school and they had lunch was like a pot of a uh not a pudding, but you know, kind of a soup type thing. Mm-hmm. Like letting us dish it out. Now don't, you know, fill the bowls too full. Well, I'm going, oh, I want him to get a good meal. <laughs> we ran out of food. And about eight kids oh. didn't oh. Get to have lunch. I, it's like I, I was oh heartbroken, shocked. I said, you don't have anything you can give them? No, we don't. Wow. You know, that was That's incredible. I'll never forget. My gosh, what a powerful story. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Wow. It's, you know, really an eye opener with what, how lucky we are. We really are. We really are. You know, and um, I, I think as a country, it's hard because we get, we get bogged down with, you know, the, the everyday things that, that take us out of that. But I think it's our responsibility to to connect to that to go back to that because i mean just like you know that that story is so powerful i mean when i did that cruise ship gig we were doing a run to the caribbean you know every seven days we were in all these little islands and stuff and 70 percent of the little like spots were owned by the cruise line so they're all manicured all they look all nice and stuff but i was like this is boring it's like i want to go see you know, the city and, you know, that, yeah. And it was just, 
you know, poverty. You know, these people living in tents, living in, you know, and we get warned, you know, be careful, go with a friend, you know, be back by this time. And, you know, you're just like, this is how these people live. This is, you know, it's like this. And it, it's it's not far. It's not, it's not, I mean, this is only off the coast of Florida. You know, I mean, this is a typical Caribbean run, you know, and it's just yeah. like, it, it, it's crazy to me that there can be such disparity. So and it's such a such a stark contrast. I mean, shoot, I live in Los Angeles. I can go to downtown LA and see a beautiful concert hall and walk three blocks and see one of the biggest homeless encampments in the United States. You know, it's like we're we're and and it's like we can do better. We we can bridge these gaps and it's going to take a little bit of everyone getting involved and i don't say that as people aren't involved now but just getting involved differently you know in 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 different ways and to me since food is such a emotional thing you know it's tied to holidays it's tied to tradition it's tied to all these big emotions yes i think it's a good bridge to do that and i mean i learned that a lot of other cultures, you know, they look at how the U.S. talks about recycling and reusing, and they're like, duh, we've been doing that for centuries. Like, you don't need to tell us. You're the ones wasting all the food, not us, you know? It's like, so that, in a nutshell, you know, that's what I want the Corn Man Project to do. I want, I want, you know, these these ideas. And that, that to me, and a bigger message is the purpose of art. You know, it's the purpose of music to inspire people and i don't know what direction they're going to go i don't know it might not even be food it could be uh in a totally different environmental realm somewhere but if i could be any part of that then to me i feel like the project is helping uh do it do what i hope it would do oh i love that i love that you know inspiration and caring is everything we have about two minutes left okay. charles what <laughs> last words even though what you just said was fantastic and powerful what last words do you want to add to that before we say goodbye well um i guess just to wrap it all up i'll end with what i hope the project will accomplish again it's like i want all of us to start checking those food labels i want all of us to hopefully start growing a little bit of our own food but i don't want us to beat ourselves up for it either you know i don't want us to feel like if you're not doing x y and z you're not doing enough it's like we all have to start where we start and you know those small steps make a huge difference they make a huge difference so you know we could go from checking food labels to growing our own food to community gardens and i want that coupled with the arts and the music programs back in schools back in kids lives because i think if we can tie those two things together what will be produced uh, will be beyond uh, anything I could think of now because I work with uh, students all the time and they blow me away with how smart they are, their capabilities, their capacity. And it's just like, my gosh, I, I think we don't give them enough credit. And I think if we can maybe just inspire them a little bit more and say, it's all right, just create, see where that goes. Um, so, so that's the goal. I love it. Share with everyone one more time, if you would, your website. Sure. You can go to uh, charleswiley.net slash cornman. Uh, there it is right there on the back of that. I love it. And that's the book, again, if anyone's interested. 
it's on Amazon. Uh, you can click the links on my website as well. Um, all the information is there. If you have any questions, uh, I'm on all the social medias. Well, not all. I take just Instagram and Facebook, but uh, you can message me there. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. And awesome. thank you so much for having me on the show. I can't thank you enough. It thank really means a lot. This has been so wonderful. Everybody out there, thank you for joining us today. Love, hugs, and blessings. Charles, love, hugs, and blessings. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much, so likewise. Much. Take care. Oh, bye, everyone. Bye-bye.